Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with a Morden area beekeeper about the upcoming season. Also, we'll discuss how the chicken sector is being impacted by COVID-19. And up first, in today's country comment, Dr. Barry Prentice with the University of Manitoba will talk about food security. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Dr. Barry Prentice, a professor of supply chain management at the University of Manitoba. I would say the grain industry is pretty safe. Uh, most of this is moved with a, a large amount of capital, so we don't have a lot of people uh, you know, loading rail cars and, and receiving grain, or even for that matter, uh, working in uh, in canola plants and so on. They're, they're fairly automated and, and highly technical. Uh, so in those cases, uh, you know, only a few workers could be affected. And of course, the farms are well spread out. So I'd say the grain supply chain is, is quite secure. Uh, where we have more issues is in the livestock and dairy processing areas where now you have a lot of people close together and you have high levels of sanitation required and of course uh, it would be much easier for a disease to spread and we didn't have any plant closures uh, as of a week ago but all of a sudden uh, we're starting to see um, outbreaks in the beef processing side and of course a plant in Quebec Olimel is uh, a hog processing plant is uh, has closed so uh, that's the bigger threat I would say what about the uh, fruits and uh, vegetables uh, sector? Well, there is a problem there, which is uh, imported uh, workers. And I keep reading, one day I'm reading that, oh, yeah, things are going to be great. They're going to let people in. And the next thing I read is, well, maybe not so fast. And I don't know whether uh, uh, we're out of the woods there or not. But the, the big issue is that we have about 60,000 uh, seasonal workers who come. And they're absolutely critical because, uh, well, first of all, there's not a work for a full year for any Canadian, so no many, not many Canadians want to take that kind of job, and it's also heavy field labor in many cases. So people coming from Mexico and the Caribbean, happy to do this job and then uh, go back home uh, after they've been here six months or so. But the difficulty is, uh, first of all, how do we get them here? And secondly, uh, once they come, they have to be quarantined some 14 days. So there's a lot of extra costs and a lot of uncertainty, and, and that's a real problem. Now, uh, Barry, talk about some of the, um, I guess, some of the new opportunities that might be created uh, during this crisis. Well, that's right. It, you know, every cloud has a silver lining, they say. And, you know, one of those uh, opportunities is home delivery of food. Uh, this is something that I've read about this for 40 years. And, you know, it always made sense that rather than, you know, taking food from a warehouse and unloading it onto stores in a, in a grocery uh, supermarket, and then we come along, we unload those shelves, we take it home. Why not cut out the middleman and just deliver straight from the warehouse to your door? The difficulty's always been uh, a couple of things. Well, perishables, uh, either that they have to keep uh, from freezing or keep frozen are an issue, but also just the sheer mass. How many people do you have to have using a service like that for the service to make sense and, and to operate? And there is a, a fixed market of shut-ins. You know, people who are maybe too old to drive a car or can't afford to drive a car that could use a service like this, but you have to, again, get to that critical mass where it makes sense. 
we actually saw service starting here in Winnipeg before the uh, COVID-19, and now, of course, it's expanding. And I would hope that at the end of this, uh, once people make some changes in behavior, uh, that that will carry on, and and perhaps we'll see a a very different uh, way of, of buying most of our food. That was Dr. Barry Prentice with the University of Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The chair of the Manitoba Beekeepers Association says foreign workers play a big role in the industry. Here's Mark Friesen. Took it on ourselves to charter a flight, managed to get in a whole bunch of guys from Nicaragua on Friday last week. And we should be expecting another chartered flight coming in later. And I think they're doing other things in other sectors that are very similar, especially with the, I think the Portage will Prairie uh, pickers, those guys that uh, do a lot of uh, field work picking plants, they've had to do the same. The new workers will now have to self-isolate for 14 days. Friesen is expecting a shortage of workers this year in a few different operations. Due to a shift in demand, Chicken Farmers of Canada has voted to temporarily reduce production. Here's Director of Brand and Communications, Lisa Bishop-Spencer. At the last meeting of the CFC Board of Directors, we voted to adjust our upcoming allocation, which is from May to July, to reduce production in an effort to address the concerns of the value chain. So the reduction is a reduction of about 12.6% nationally, and it's temporary for the period that begins May 10th and goes till July, and we'll continue to evaluate as things unfold. She notes consumer demand for chicken remains high. And CP Rail set a record during this year's first quarter for movement of Canadian grain and grain products, with more than 6.35 million metric tons moved. The 2020 result broke the company's previous first quarter record set back in 2016 by 300,000 metric tons. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Wednesday, April 22nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll talk about how the chicken sector is being impacted by COVID-19. Chicken Farmers of Canada says demand for chicken has not changed. Here's Director of Brand and Communications, Lisa Bishop-Spencer. The demand for chicken remains the same in terms of what consumers are looking for. Consumption and demand are steady and they're high. Um, so we're very glad to be able to provide, you know, a, a, a staple in Canadians' diets to them. In terms of how COVID has impacted the business, there's obviously been a significant decrease in food service. And as a result, we've seen a, a pivot in demand for retail products because there are so many people cooking from home. Um, that seems to sta- be stabilizing a little bit as bulk purchasing habits kind of level out. But during that time, again, there's still a lot of chicken on the market with respect to um, food service, right? So that food service, the, the content that was developed for food service is now being redirected towards retail, but it's, there's a lot of chicken there. Do you expect to see any change in uh, flock size going forward? Uh, well, what's interesting there is that because um, of what's happening here. Um, I'm just going to back up for a second. Back in, in 2004, we were hit with a significant avian influenza outbreak. And during that outbreak, the entire province of BC was unable to place new flocks once their chickens had gone to processing. 
Um, the flexibility of the system that we have, the supply management system, allowed us there to increase production to the rest of the country to make sure that the uh, BC residents were able to access their fresh Canadian chicken. Um, what's happening now is a little bit of a re reverse. We're lucky that the system that we have allows us as a whole sector to determine how much chicken will be produced. Um, so for a few weeks, we've been working on how to adjust production levels at the farm to respond to the lower demand for chicken in terms, not the consumer demand, but the food service demand. And we wanted to be ready for any possible reductions in processing for whatever reason. Um, at the last meeting of the CFC Board of Directors, uh, we voted to adjust our upcoming allocation, which is from May to July, to reduce production in an effort to address the concerns of the value chain. Um, so the reduction is a reduction of about 12.6% nationally, and it's temporary for the period that begins May 10th and goes till July, and we'll continue to evaluate as things unfold. Has there been any um, plant closures as a result of uh, COVID-19? Um, we've had a couple of plants that have closed, but they've been short-term closures. So there was a closure that was quite notable in Toronto with the um, Maple Leaf plant in Brampton closed for a little while, but that is now back up and running. And we haven't seen any um, inability of plants to process the birds that we've produced. That was Elisa Bishop-Spencer with Chicken Farmers of Canada. Continuing on today's Prairie Egg Wire, Glendalee Allen Vossler chats with Tim Reed, the president and CEO of Regina Exhibition Association Limited, about plans for Canada's farm show set for June. Given everything that we're seeing with COVID-19, what is happening? Can you update us on on how you're working through this? I can for sure. And so our approach as a business is really we need to take this one month at a time. And because of that, we've deferred or cancelled most of our, all of our bookings for the month of May. We're in the process of evaluating June right now, and, and obviously the big discussion is around Farm Show. What happens with that in 2020? And so we did meet with our advisory uh, committee, who represents about 14 people from all genres of, of what makes Farm Show happen every year. And general consensus was we have to be respectful of the public health order. And the realities that we're seeing is we don't believe that COVID-19 will, will go away quickly, and even when we're in a position of more safety and security in Western Canada, we will still see restrictions and limitations on public gatherings. So the general consensus around the table was the likelihood of a, a cancellation or a postponement, at least, of uh, our June show is, is highly probable. And we anticipate by the end of the week we'll have a final decision that's public, but I think it's unlikely that the show will proceed in June of this year. The other thing, of course, that no doubt is uh, playing a, a role in, in that decision is the travel bans. Absolutely. And I think one of the challenges that we've recognized is we all always celebrate Canada's Farm Show as, as, a, as a global opportunity to connect agricultural leaders and business in the agricultural landscape. And we recognize that this isn't just about borders between provinces or borders between Canada and the U.S. that remain a challenge. But we invite hundreds of international delegates to join us. And that brings with us enhanced safety concerns, travel regulations, and just a huge complexity that we haven't had to deal with in the past and we're deeply sensitive to. 
one of the great things that the farm show does provide for producers is is that opportunity to really connect to what's happening and and the latest in technology and equipment all the changes that we see happening in the industry because agriculture is a very fast-paced technology driven industry it is and and this year particularly we had put such energy towards our launch pad stage which was fully populated, and we saw overwhelming interest in using that stage to roll out new technologies and new products. That would would be a first glance for the agriculture industry in 2020. And one of the challenges that we're working through as a committee is we have so many partners that wanted to be on that stage. How do we help them to share their message, and how do we help them communicate with the industry? And so even though we're concerned about the ability to have a large 30 or 40,000-person gathering, in June, we're still looking at how can we help our industry connect using electronic mechanisms and, and using some of the technology that we've all become so accustomed to in the last month. Maybe looking at doing something virtual. Exactly. And, and we're not going to be able to have a large number of people in a space, but that doesn't mean that we still can't consider helping our industry share messages of importance. And so even though Farm Show may not be what it has been in the past, we still think there's a valuable networking opportunity, communication, and, and information sharing potential for the show. We're just trying to find out how to do that in 2020. I've been talking with Tim Reed, the president and CEO of Regina Exhibition Association Limited. We've been talking about the impact of COVID-19 on Canada's farm show. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to the farm desk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The Livestock Markets Association of Canada annual convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada has been postponed as well. And the Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, we're joined by Morden Area Beekeeper Mark Friesen. I'm getting into hives right now, getting my full assessments done. Uh, so far, things look good, um, but a cold spring, colder than normal spring, and it, it slows down the bees quite a bit because they are really responding to the the weather. How was the winter? Uh, winter survivorship was good on my operation, but uh, I've heard a few uh, disaster pockets here and there. Uh some up north of Dauphin, some up north of Beaujolais, some uh, some more remote locations that uh, don't, uh, maybe they got hit with different precipitation amounts and it affected the bees going into the winter. Overall, I guess, what is the demand like uh, currently for, for honey? Honey markets seem to be stable. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think that uh, they're, they're actually is a little bit of a silver lining for me and that I think people do realize that there is health benefits to uh, eating honey and then the the demand uh, should uh, increase somewhat because people say, oh, this healthy product is good for me. I'm going to 
I'm going to I'm going to use more honey. Is your product is it sold in store? Oh, I've got uh, very little product that I sell in in store personally. Usually I'm just I'm just exporting my my product to the to the US market. So it's it's not something that you could go and grab my brand, but uh, the market responds as a whole. So if I see benefits from people buying honey here, it affects the price everywhere. That was Mark Friesen, a beekeeper in the Morden, Manitoba area. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Chicken Farmers of Canada says demand for chicken has not changed. Here's Director of Brand and Communications, Lisa Bishop-Spencer. The demand for chicken remains the same in terms of what consumers are looking for. Consumption and demand are steady and they're high. In terms of how COVID has impacted the business, there's obviously been a significant decrease in food service. And as a result, we've seen a, a pivot in demand for retail products because there are so many people cooking from home. That seems to sta- be stabilizing a little bit as bulk purchasing habits kind of level out. The organization has voted to temporarily reduce production by 12.6% nationally for the upcoming allocation, which runs from May to July. And it could be a tough year finding help for some Manitoba beekeepers. Mark Friesen is the chair of the Manitoba Beekeepers Association. We will be probably short in different, a uh, few different operations. Manitoba is probably about half of the beekeepers in Manitoba use foreign workers, and it's those guys who were lucky enough and got their guys in early. Some guys got their guys in a little earlier, like right before travel restrictions came into place, and so they didn't have to probably face the full brunt of what's what's going on right now. Friesen says about 150 workers from Nicaragua were flown into Canada last week. They'll have to self-isolate for 14 days. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.